Welcome to Ministry by Mail, a weekly sermon publication of the Church of the Lutheran Confession. Our sermon for Transfiguration Sunday is by Pastor Luke Bernthal, who serves congregations in Mountain View in Hayward, California. Our theme is Jesus Revealed by His Transfiguration, based on the text of 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. Grace to you in peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is the brightness and image of God, dear fellow redeemed. The text for meditation and application to our daily walk of faith on this Transfiguration Sunday is taken from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. Peter writes, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard his voice which came from heaven when we were there with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. These are the words of our Lord. Let us pray. Let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. There are a number of events in the Bible that I would have loved to have been an eyewitness for. Events I would have loved to see. The transfiguration of Jesus has got to be up there, at least in the top three. That is an event I would have loved to have seen. When you heard Matthew's description being read again this morning, how Jesus' face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. When you heard that Moses and Elijah appeared with him, talking to him. When you read that God the Father's voice itself called out from the cloud, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Wouldn't you have wished you were there as well to hear and see those things? Wouldn't that have been an incredible, faith-strengthening experience? One of those moments that you could always look back on when your doubts and fears would creep up and say, no, no, I remember seeing and hearing that moment, that transfiguration of Jesus to take away all of my doubts and fears. He is who he said he was. He revealed himself to me and my fellow disciples as the Son of God. That transfiguration of Jesus on that mountaintop would have strengthened our spirits and boosted our faith in a way that probably would have been unimaginable. Our eyes would have seen, our ears would have heard proof that Jesus is the Son of God, just like he said. And no doubt that's one of the reasons Jesus transfigured himself before Peter, James, and John that day on the mountain. To peel back the curtain for them, so to speak, to give them a glimpse of his true glory as God, to reveal himself as God. Remember what Peter, James, and John were just about to face, the most difficult time in their lives. 
These three would be the ones who witnessed more than anyone else firsthand the agony, the distress, the pain and the anguish that Jesus would experience in the Garden of Gethsemane, the humiliation and suffering, and then again the agony of Jesus on that horrible cross. So this transfiguration, this glimpse of Jesus' glory would have carried these men through those difficult and dark hours that were about to come and would have reminded these men of what they already knew, that Jesus, despite the horrible things that they would be witnessing soon, was in fact the glorious Son of God. And while Jesus has not appeared to us physically with, and let us see him with our own eyes, he has not left us without proof. He has left the sights and the sounds of that transfiguration event permanently engraved into our hearts and into our minds by some of the eyewitnesses of the transfiguration. Peter, of course, was one of those eyewitnesses, and his testimony from the second letter that he wrote is the basis for our sermon text for today. He reminds us in verse 16 of our text, for we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Not only was Peter an eyewitness, he saw Jesus uh, radiant in all his glory. We might also say that he was an ear witness. He heard for himself God the Father's voice speaking from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard his voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Those are Peter's words, the words of an eyewitness. What he wanted his readers and he wants us to see and hear was what he saw and heard. The transfiguration of Jesus on that mountain. He wanted everyone who heard and read his inspired words to have the same confidence to have the same assurance that Jesus was exactly who he said he was, the Son of God. Now, any lawyer could probably tell you the importance of an eyewitness. An eyewitness testimony can make or break a case. It can be the pivotal evidence that either proves or disproves someone's guilt or innocence. However, any lawyer could also tell you that your, an eyewitness testimony is far from foolproof. Even the most reliable eyewitness can have its tes his testimony or his or, his or her testimony shaken or discredited by a very skillful cross-examiner, a very ruthless cross-examiner. Well, Satan is that ruthless cross-examiner for us. He is known as the great accuser. He tries to lead us to doubt this eyewitness testimony, the eyewitness testimony of Peter. And he plays on our sinful fears and our doubts. He's used the words of some very intelligent, very persuasive people in our world to try and convince us that the eyewitness events or accounts of Peter and men like him are merely cunningly devised fables. That's exactly what many modern Bible scholars so-called Bible scholars say the Gospels are. Cunningly devised fables or legends about Jesus that were developed by the church and by Jesus' apostles over centuries and became more and more exaggerated as the years went on. Well, Satan may be the great accuser, but we have Jesus. 
we have the great advocate, our defender. And he has given to us more than just an eyewitness account of the transfiguration. Listen again to Peter's words, and I'll remind you, he was an eyewitness of this event. Imagine the clout he had, and imagine the memories that he could describe in detail to people. But what does he say in verse 19? And so we have the prophetic word confirmed. That's what the New King James translation uh, says about that verse. Now, that's not the best translation of that phrase. If you look at that phrase in the Greek, there's actually a comparative word used there. So what Peter is actually saying is he says, we have the prophetic word more certain. Think of what an incredible statement that is from an eyewitness of the transfiguration. He says, we have something more certain than even an eyewitness account. The thing that is more certain, of course, is what he pointed to, the prophetic word, the word of God. God's word is not just a, is not a collection of cleverly devised fables. It is the testimony of eyewitnesses made more certain because the men who wrote them were not just eyewitnesses, they were inspired by God himself. Again, we read Peter's words from our text. He says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. God's word is the greatest witness. It is the eternal, unchanging truth. It is the complete revelation of God. People can come up with a number of different things. They can dream their dreams and have their visions and say what they want to say about God and truth and what God has revealed. But people can lie. People can deceive. And people can be deceived. Satan lies and Satan deceives. But God's word cannot lie. God's word never lies or deceives. So any prophecy or revelation or dream or vision that contradicts the word of God, goes beyond God's word or tries to change God's word, is not from God. As Peter wrote, no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man. True prophecy comes from God. And God revealed that prophecy to us in his word. That is the rock-solid foundation. That is the ultimate eyewitness of all that God has done for us and for our salvation. That's why Peter tells us in our text, you would do well to heed it or listen to it like a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. When God gave us the message of salvation through his son Jesus, he did not give us a collection of cunningly designed fables that were written hundreds of years after Jesus lived. No, he gave us thousands of years of accurate, detailed, God-inspired prophecies of his son Jesus, the coming of his son Jesus, by men who were hand-picked by God, prophets of the Old Testament. And then he gave us multiple eyewitness accounts of the Gospels, by men who were not only inspired by God, but who were eyewitnesses of Jesus, who lived when Jesus lived, who could have spoken with him, had their reports confirmed by people who were with Jesus as well, 
other eyewitnesses. Because we have the incredible, absolutely trustworthy eyewitness accounts of men like Peter and the rest of the inspired writers of God's word, God has made one more group of eyewitnesses. Us. You and me. Now, obviously, not in the same sense of physically seeing or hearing Jesus and his transfiguration like like Peter did. None of us have probably seen his brightness and glory with our physical eyes. None of us have probably heard the voice of God the Father from heaven declaring Jesus to be his son. But that really doesn't matter much. We have the more certain witness of God's word. We have the complete revelation of God's word, both Old Testament and New Testament. After all, our eyes can be tricked. Our ears can be deceived. But God's word is absolutely trustworthy and true. It has given us eyes of faith to see Jesus' face shine like the sun, to see his clothes become as radiant and white as the light. God's word has given us ears to hear by faith the voice of God the Father saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. God's word has given us hearts of faith to pay attention to what God has told us, like a light shining in a dark place. This Wednesday night, we'll be celebrating the beginning of another season of Lent. I invite you to join us once again as we are all made witnesses of our salvation and the things Jesus did to earn that salvation for us. Today we have witnessed Jesus' radiant glory as true God. After today we begin that journey of following him down a road of humiliation and suffering, even to the point of crucifixion on that cross. There will be eyewitnesses of the punishment our own sins deserved. We will witness God's own Son being forsaken by his Father, punished with the pains of hell so that we would never be. We will be witnesses once again of Easter Sunday when we see that empty tomb and hear those glorious words of the angel, He is not here. He is risen. And we will see Jesus for ourselves with his pierced hands and pierced side standing amongst his disciples It is because of Jesus' work, because of his word, that we are now eyewitnesses by faith. It is because of Jesus' work that we will all be eyewitnesses of him in glory, with glorified eyes and glorified ears to see and hear him in heaven and see him as he is. Until that day, may our eyes and ears and hearts of faith always be focused on Jesus and his glory. Amen. And that peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. This has been a publication of the Church of the Lutheran Confessions Ministry by mail. Visit clclutheran.org for more information. For print copies of this or other sermons, please visit lutheransermons.org.